0: Good night.
1: Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining and show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone.
2: Good morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone, and you're listening to the Katherine Zox Show on Voice VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. Joining me this morning is best-selling author Crystal Andrus Morissette. Her new book is Emotional Age. The Emotional Edge, Discover Your Inner, Age, Ignite Your Hidden Strengths, and Reroute Misdirected Fear to Live Your Fullest. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Crystal. Thanks so much for having me. It's it's, it's just a pleasure to be here with you. Great to have you. Okay, so they say with age comes wisdom, or you say this, but (laughs) what about your emotional age? Does your emotional age match your real age? And if not, what impact does that have on different areas in your life? especially parenting. Um, Crystal will show us how to identify our emotional age and our parenting archetype, pinpointing our strengths and weaknesses and harnessing them for good. Once we know our emotional age, we can take the needed steps to become an authentic adult so we can stop giving our power away. Oh, that's okay. I've said a lot or you've said a lot. So That's (laughs) (laughs) That's my quote. Okay. The emotional edge, um, the, as I said, you know, before we got on the show, for as we were talking for for a few minutes, what is the emotional edge that you're talking about in the book? What does that mean, and why yeah. do we need an emotional edge to be healthy? Yeah, I love
1: that. I love that question. Thank you for yeah. asking it. So first off, emotional age. So w- once you understand what emotional age is, I think it's it's easier to understand what the edge would be. So, you know, we've all heard of biological age. It's that scientific concept that measures how well or badly your body is in re- in functioning. In in, in relativity to your chronological age. So I think most of us know that you could be 60, but if you've really eaten well and you've taken care of yourself, you might be 40 in biological age or the other way around. Um, but, you know, it just it kind of shocked me about five, six, maybe maybe even longer, seven, eight years ago, I realized that no psychologist had actually written on the concept and really coined the concept of your emotional age. It's sort of the idea that you know, um, similar to biological age, but rather than sort of predicting young, how young or old we are, our bodies are, it helps us to understand sort of how empowered or disempowered we are emotionally. So it really, you can see your emotional age almost um, in the way you're communicating, in the way you're showing up in all your relationships, how you compromise, how you socialize, how you interact, how you set boundaries. Um, you know, we've all seen, for example, say that 60-plus-year-old guy, guy who's, you know, got a young trophy wife on his arm and and you can kind of say, oh, you can see those emotional ages Um, and I think we all kind of innately know it, you know, for years I would say, oh, my mother energy I just called it my mother energy, my daughter energy and my woman energy, I would say you know, and and like I said, seven, eight years ago I I contacted, you know, my professor of coaching at our my school, I have an institute, and I said, has anyone ever written on this? I said, go to work on this, because she's a psychologist as well. I said, go to work, do some research and find out. And she came back and said, Crystal, this is, it's shocking. But no, I mean, Freud talked about the idea of these three, the id, the superego, and the ego, and Carl Jung had his three sort of uh, characters to the personality. And way back in the 70s, there uh, was Eric Byrne who talked about sort of that parent, Um, child, adult, but it was very different than this concept, so I went to work on it, and I, uh, it was almost like patterning, you could almost start to see the way we show up, and uh, based on our age, so the emotional edge is sort of this idea that, you know, we come to the, we sort of find this balancing act of, you know, the, the real dilemma for most of us is that we swing back and forth between mother and daughter energy, or the parent and the child archetype for men, same thing, parent, child within ourselves, so we're either so selfless, we, you know, imagine parenting from that parent archetype where you're so selfless, and that's a wonderful quality to have selflessness that gives, protects, serves, that it's the part of us that will sacrifice our own needs for the needs of others, especially for our children, and then the child archetype is sort of this selfish part of us that we all have, it's sort of this gripping I have to make sure I get my own needs met. You know, it's a it's a it's a doggy dog world out there and I have to get my own and it's what are you parents from the child archetype boy? It's you you know your kids think of you as their kid. And then we have this adult archetype or this woman energy. And so the edge is sort of finding that edge between this parent and this child and then really it, you know, sort of expanding it. And so the edge, think about the edge of the universe. And I'm a talker, so you interrupt me anytime, Catherine. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you now because yes. when you're talking about these different archetypes, the parent, the child, or the
2: adult, I, I mean, there is, I guess, there's an ideal way of having, because you have an emotional age quiz, I guess. I like to kind of put this into terms that people can understand. I mean, you're right. like, 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 what does that mean for us? How do we achieve like the ultimate emotional edge, I mean, is there a balance between being, having sort of the emotional parent, child, and adult, uh, or is... We have all three.
1: We all have all three within us, and um, but I think for a lot of us, we've never, especially as women... We've never, in the history of the world, actually had—I mean, now whether you like Hillary Clinton or not—we finally have a woman for the first time in history, um, becoming possibly becoming the president of the United States. So um, we've never had actually enough role models of of women in the world up until now that have really modeled to us what it is to show up in woman energy, what it really is to have that edge, to be able to balance your own dreams, your own needs, yourself. With the, neat, with the obligations and commitments um, that we, we've, we you know, to our loved ones. Yeah, um, I, I think
2: that's true, and, and, and that, that's a perfect example, and I am for Hillary. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, right. And I think that's a great example because even in the context of her, hopefully, or being the President of the United States, the first woman, there's yep. so much pushback there. I mean, I think that there's this underlying kind of, uh, it's, a, it's a, a real difficulty that women and men, even if they're not aware or don't admit it, are, do not want a woman as President of the United States for... It's a story.
1: It's a story that's been yeah. running for yeah. hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of years. It's only been, it'll only be a hundred years in 2020 that women have actually been considered a person by law in the United States, a person. So we've never had a time that women could really uh, walk the line, walk the edge, expand their life, um, really, you know, really expand their lives and to step into that woman energy and to to really parent from that place, to be a marriage or partnership in that place, to show up at work or in your own business in that energy in that place, and so this is really exciting, and this will serve men, too. I mean, when we have more women who are truly empowered, not, not that angry, pissed-off power, but to transcend even higher into what it is to be a woman, where you can be very assertive, but you understand the win-win, you know how to communicate your needs, you're clear about what your needs are, um, but you don't do it so rigidly that it, it comes off as masculine energy. There's still a femininity to... To assertiveness, and to so you're still women. the
2: mother, you're still the grandmother, yes. and you're still the leader, yes. and you can do all of those
1: things. Absolutely, and you're capable, you yeah. can be 80 and be in woman energy. Um, you can also be 17 and be in woman energy, and this is what we want to teach to our younger girls, and we want to teach it to our older women to say, well, wait, no, you, it doesn't matter what we learned up until now. See, for a long time, you know, and I have such great study in sort of feminism and, and the women's movement um, from, from a, a very uh, research sort of perspective, and you know, so many of the books that were written back then, women were literally called The Drudge or The doll. So the drudge was this mother energy, this idea that you better know how to cook and clean and take care of your family and put the needs of your family first and, and, or the doll. You better be so damn cute and sexy that you know how to take care of a man's needs and, you know, you're his, you're his doll. And so this is really the first time, and and this really does really apply to men as well. I mean, this is not anti-man at all. This is really about us really stepping into our power together. Um, But as a parent, I mean, imagine, you know, parenting from a place where you you don't have your own sense of identity. You don't know your own worth. You, You have this constant level of guilt all the time just simply because you're a mother. Yeah. Um, and so this conversation is so important, you know, um, for parenting, for right. everything. So we were supposed to take,
2: let's say, we're taking the emotional age quiz. Okay. What yeah. are we supposed to be looking at? How do we evaluate ourselves? And I think you also discussed, which I think is really important, how many of us as women inadvertently we do sabotage ourselves and we're not even aware that we're doing it in terms of our own power and, and, and making our own choices but I don't know if those are two questions maybe. But, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, First off, the emotional edge quiz is in the book. You can also take the quiz on www. On www.emotionaledge.com www.emotional, um, the site. There's an interactive quiz. Actually, it's been featured on oprah.com so when you go to the site, you'll actually be connected over to Oprah's site and you can take the quiz the emotional edge um, age quiz, um, but what I really did, to not give the answers away, is I, one of the great things I do with women, so that you don't need years of therapy, you don't need therapy at all, not that therapy is not a wonderful thing to help you talk it out and get clear on yourself, but one of the great things is when you can start to almost get so clear on what my mother energy would do, what my daughter energy would do, what would woman energy do in this situation. So here's an example question. If I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see, I will, A, stop looking. Appearances don't matter that much. Sure, I wish I looked better, but who has the time? It's not that important. B, worry. Maybe worry a lot. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look and feel my best. Keeping up my appearance is a constant pressure in my life. I'd certainly consider plastic surgery if I thought I needed it or I could afford it. C, spend more time on self-care. If it's something I have control over, for example, I could exercise more, I could eat more nutritiously or get my hair styled, I would make the necessary changes. If it's something I have no control over, I truly, (laughs) I added the truly, accept myself as I am. I could be better. I could be worse. I am right where I need to be. And so I almost went through, like, for example, a second question, if it's okay for me to read one more. Parenting, for example. My 16-year-old daughter comes home pregnant. I am A, sad, afraid, and even mortified. How could this happen? I feel like a failure as a parent. I know she needs my help. She's still just a child herself. B, angry. What was she thinking? I love her, and I, I certainly hope, she, but I, don't, I hope she doesn't expect me to take care of the baby. I can't handle this right now. I have too many problems of my own. And then C would be, I you mean, know, I'm disappointed for her. Of course, this is not good timing. She's only 16, but I will make sure she knows her options, and I'll support whatever decision she ultimately feels is right for her life. If um, you want on. me to answer I, this. 20 <laughs> questions, so now do you see? Do you see a little even in those two that there's the a parallel between the A's?
2: Yes, I do see the parallel between the. Yes, I do. Yes. Okay.
1: So without giving the answers away, you know, it, A is mother energy. A is that parent archetype, and and that's how we show up in the world, and and you can almost like for me, I get a I get a kind of a little chuckle, and maybe not a chuckle, but I've been doing this so long now that I can sit in an airport and watch people, and I literally as I walk by and go, mother energy, daughter energy, oh, woman energy, look at her go, and it's not just how they look, it's literally an energy that people do feel about you and, and sense around you when you walk into a boardroom there's, and, you know, Hillary Clinton, God bless her, wouldn't it be magnificent if she became the president? And I love that you said that, because I have to be so careful talking about yep. politics. I'm Canadian, Yeah, and <laughs> I have a lot of people that... Well, you don't, don't have to be me. careful on my show. <laughs> but, yeah. right. I get well, you... I think that would just be magnificent. But Hillary Clinton has had to carry a little excessive parent archetype. It's a little more masculine. It's a little more... She's had to be a bit of a ruler because the world is not ready fully for her to be in her full woman energy. What I have noticed lately is how she's softening a bit. And I think the reason for that is because she really thought she had to have such an edge. And she did to be taken seriously at some point. I have this very strong suspicion as she moves deeper into this role and she really steps into her power in this role... I think she'll realize that it's okay to smile, and she's starting to. You're starting to see the pictures, the, the, you know, her convention. It's, it was done in such a way that was woman energy, and I love seeing that because daughter energy, you know, she'd be, she'd be Sarah Palin flirting with the camera. <laughs> you know, mother energy would be, um, I don't know, Queen Elizabeth. And so woman energy is sort of this place that I think Hillary Clinton is, is beginning to, I think she is it but I think she's had to show sort of this very strong parent archetype that's a little masculine. Yeah, um, well, I think she's had to do that, and I think uh, I agree
2: with you, and I think part of that is her experiences to this point. As Secretary of State, uh, yes. she's been Secretary of State. No one can take that away from her or deny that she was in that position, and there she was in a very powerful, and I'm saying I, I, I although we've had Madeleine Albright as Secretary of State, but it's kind of a masculine position, I guess. And so now it's okay.
1: Politics are masculine. Running boardrooms and corporations have been masculine. Everything has been masculine. So, yes, she had to step into that more serious masculine role because no no one could understand if she was soft. So now people... Can see her, or are beginning to see her as commander in chief. She
2: can be commander in chief, and she can, as you say, also be mother and grandmother and smiling, because she's kind of after, I think, after forty years, put it all together. you yes. know, and yeah,
1: yes. And we need, you know, and you know, I, I think some of the fun ways of doing it is just, I, you know, for me again, I can watch, I can watch a parent, and I can, like, I, and it doesn't have to. I know the topic today is parenting, but I can watch someone. The way they just operate in an office, and I can instantly tell Mother Energy are just like the best employees ever. They come in early. They leave late. They will have a nervous breakdown if you, uh-huh. because they will just work themselves to the bone um, to please their boss. Um, Daughter Energy, she, you know, she starts off really intensely. She's so into this job. And then within a couple of weeks or whatever, now she has excuses. She's coming in late. She has to get out early. There's always a story. There's always drama. There's always something. You know, my dog got sick this morning. Do you know how much there was a part of me that thought, if I call and cancel this, that's going to look like such daughter energy? Because... (laughs) My dog had to go in for its, in the middle of the night. We, had to, we just knew something was wrong. And she, we rushed her in, and, and she's in a surgery this morning. Woman Energy's got the job done. We're doing this show. It's got to be done. Exactly. Mother Energy, you know, daughter Energy would have, like, laid on the floor and cried and said, mm-hmm. I can't do it. I just can't talk while my dog is in
2: surgery. <laughs>
1: um, and don't get me wrong. I love my dog. But, you know, Mother Energy would have um, probably been at the vet she would have gotten donuts and coffee for the vet and all of the staff. She would be out in her car right now on the cell phone doing this at the same time while she was sewing her kid's, you know, uniform for... She would do it all until she probably had a nervous breakdown because yes. you can't keep that pace up. No. Eventually you crash. You can't do it. Yes. You and yeah, and any eventually. one of us that are successful... Uh, less versions, smaller versions of Hillary Clinton. I think there was a period of time, I go back to her, because I remember a couple of years ago, my agent actually said to me when we were talking this, this was a couple of years ago, he said, so would you say Hillary Clinton is woman energy? I said, at this point I see her in mother energy. She's a ruler. She's, she's, I sort of have all these archetypes, 11 archetypes for the parent archetype, 11 sort of emotional sub-archetypes for the daughter um, and at that point, she was very strong, powerful, right on the edge between woman and the parent archetype. Um, and and yeah, so I I think at a certain point, I remember looking at pictures of Hillary a couple of years ago and thinking she looks exhausted. I think she's worked 300 of 365 days. She's traveled. She's exhausted. She's proving herself. She did it. She's amazing. And then I think she took a little time off. And I think the great lesson and the gift for all of us is that balancing act you know, the balancing act of way, I I do love my job. I do love my children. I do love my pet. My husband, did I I put husband at the end? Um, I do love, I don't mean it that way. But I do love all of those things. But
2: but you, Crystal, yourself, I want to just, I'm interrupting because you also have had your own story. uh, uh, Because I do want to hear, talk about that because you've overcome uh, as described, I guess, as you described it, insurmountable odds. I mean, you had a whole lot of stuff that you had to get over to get to the point where you are yourself and uh, so what happened i mean what happened in your own life to
1: oh it's such a you know thank you for asking again it's and i only tell the story because i help it get, i think it gives credence to the to the fact that i've walked through the fire and come out the other side i i came from a, it was a, my mother was in complete drop dead gorgeous daughter energy and she really threw the babies out with the bath water um, and you know I was sexually abused my my mother was God bless her I, I have incredible compassion for her and forgiveness for her um, and that probably only comes when you're in woman energy as well uh, true forgiveness um, but yeah I mean my mother was a mixed up and she was very lost and there was always different men in the house and a lot of drinking and I was sexually abused by different people, different men. I was kicked out at fifteen just because I was, I was a good, smart little girl, and I uh-huh. began fighting with her. Uh-huh. Um, she wasn't as, able to protect you. She she, she couldn't protect me. Yeah. She couldn't protect herself. Um, she did the best job she could until I was about twelve, and the minute I started looking like a woman, I became her competition, uh-huh. and I had to be. I had to get out. So I was, you know, I struggled for about three years um, with homelessness. At seventeen, I found out I had the early stages of cervical cancer um and an STD probably from the abuse and um yeah it was just a series of things at 21 a freak accident i had i fell off an orchestra pit and smashed my head and fractured my skull my cheekbone lost all the feeling in the right side of my face Uh, had seizures. I mean, it just was one thing after another. In my mid-20s, I'd gotten married, decided I wanted to have babies. Of course, this was my protection. I put on about 100 pounds. I realize that now. I wanted to be mother energy for my daughters. The chubby bubby is mother energy. Of course, I put a nice blanket around me of protection. No man would want me. I would never cheat on my husband. I would never make my daughters jealous of me. I would never compete with another woman. That served me for a period of time until that began to implode. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, my—I mean, there's no Was there a
2: defining moment? I mean, you went through all of this. I mean, in some of the, what you're describing, I mean, these are like Massive really things. horrendous things that happened to you, getting raped and abused by your mother's boyfriends.
1: and, and, and then. stranger rape at 14. Yeah, there was just a serious, but you know what happened, Catherine? There was a point that I said to myself, there has to be something about me Like, and not blaming myself as the victim. But when I got to be about 30, and things kept following me. Like, whether I was in a business meeting and the man came on to me, whether it was, it got to be sort of like, okay, i got to look at myself mm-hmm. here. There's something you're doing to initiate this There's something this I'm yeah. doing now. There's yeah. something I'm doing. And it was a learned behavior, learned helplessness, learned daughter energy, learned to be sexy in front of a man rather than to be in my woman energy. Then when I was, like, I would swing back and forth between mother energy and daughter energy. Don't get me wrong something was building through all of that. But it wasn't until I turned about 40, my 14-year-old daughter, um, you know, sadly, the reason I think I knew something was wrong with my dog was because my own daughter uh, went into toxic shock. You know, we, we rushed her into the hospital and her white blood count cells had skyrocketed and she had a toxicity. She went into septic shock and was, you know, helicoptered to sick kids hospital and she spent about a month on life support and I I didn't I didn't know the signs then. I'd never been taken to a hot doctor, a dentist. I, I I it was my own guilt. The guilt of not realizing my child was that sick. I was giving her Gravol and Tylenol, not even realizing how sick she was. So, you know, these kind of things in life make you stop and say, Whoa, I have to I have to really take inventory on myself Um, how would woman energy show up? And when she was sick in the hospital, my woman energy kicked in like never before because suddenly I realized I couldn't just be in daughter energy and let doctors make all the decisions. I had to be her fierce advocate. I also was in mother energy in the sense that I stuck by her side day and night. I I know a mother can go nine days without sleep or eating because I did. Um, But all of those things was a massive, like, whoa, stop the presses. I have to look at the drama in my life, the dysfunction in my life, massive successes, don't get me wrong. But, you know, today was a a really great opportunity for me. As soon as I realized my dog was sick, I went... I know something's wrong, and I could feel it, and I trusted my instincts, and we saved her life because of it. Had that gone on with the the white blood count in my dog's blood today, this morning, she could have died. So woman energy is sort of this, this really trusting your instincts, healing those wounds and stories. Looking at what you learned growing up, what archetype was your mother in? Have you chosen to be just like her or nothing like her? Um, So there's some work. The Emotional Edge, the book, really takes you through the processes. There's guided meditations and interventions, and it's a real... You know, how do you do this? And I also so go in your it. book,
2: if we, I mean, I guess yes. this is something that uh, once we read your book and hear the stories and hear your stories, we don't have to get to. I mean, really, it was a life and death crisis that you went through with, not just with your, with your could have been with your dog, but with your daughter that kind of turned you around, that made you look at your daughter and say, you know, what was happening and like, okay, I have to, I'm doing, I have to do something differently, but we don't want to get to that point,
0: do we? we? We
1: don't want to get to the point that we find out we're sick, we have a terrible injury. We face a bankruptcy because we've had our heads stuck in the sand or we face financial debt and stress. We don't want to have a marriage implode. We don't want to wait to that point. But life does give us those things. And here's what I do know. The tools that my work has given not just to thousands and thousands of women around the world but to myself, it gives me almost like a roadmap fast to get myself back up. I almost call it climbing a ladder back up into woman energy. Um, You know, and whether, you know, another story, I mean, two years ago, No, last year, 2015, my husband had a freak accident where he fell through a glass table in the middle of, about midnight, he'd gotten out of the hot tub, fell through a glass table and severed the artery in his arm in two spots. My woman energy flew into action fast. I heard the crash, something woke me from sleep, ran, got a foot, like, yes, sometimes you might say, how do you have that much drama follow you around, but on the other hand, How do you know how to handle things so quickly, so fast, so smoothly that you've not only been able to manage massive amounts of stress but thrive and come through it almost able to make myself feel almost um, unstoppable now? Oh, so what do you do
2: when you don't feel unstoppable? Because those things happen too. I mean, you know, in
1: social work we call
2: it, I don't know you could call it a regression, but things begin to build up and things begin to happen. And there is, is one crisis after the next. Do you ever get to the point where, you know what, i have now like feeling like, I don't know if I can keep this up or, or I, you know, do I? think I... that's
1: the time you really get. You'll have to learn to ask for help. Women Energy absolutely would get the help she needs, if it means a therapist, if it means a coach. One of the things we offer at our school is is mentorship coaching, which means any woman from anywhere in the world can contact us, the SWAT Institute, SWATinstitute.com, and we offer free coaching. Our coaches have gone through three years of schooling and before they can graduate, they have to complete 30 hours of practice coaching. So we don't let them coach their mother or their sister or their best friend or their dad. We say, you know, we're going to give you real women with real problems from around the world. And at about 15 hours in, we listen to some of their calls and then we, we help them, to, you know, to really get clear on what the empowerment process is. Um, So, Woman Energy would never let herself be alone now. Ask for help. Reach out. Get support. You cannot be a superhero um, in Woman Energy, and yet people think you are a superhero. But you really know when to stop the presses, take a pause, have a sleep if you need sleep, get a good meal into you, step away. If you don't have close friends, Woman Energy would make sure she begins to really work on friendships. They matter. Having other women around you matters. Women need to talk. When we talk it out, we actually release a hormone called oxytocin that actually reduces our stress levels. Men don't have this. Men have a fight-or-flight response. Scientists are now learning that when we can talk about what we're going through, no one has to fix us. No one has to give us the answers. When we can talk it out with someone who validates and listens to us, it's unbelievable the wisdom that we can find within ourselves. Yeah, Women Energy, we are,
2: I guess we are different animals. We We are. We are. Mm -hmm. We have to say goodbye because I know well, I know this was great and I really again appreciate you being on the show with all that's happening with you right now but let's men- I want to mention the book again and also I think there are a couple websites that we should uh, that you Love should that. mention because you're coaching etc uh, the title of the book is The Emotional Edge Discover Your Inner Age Ignite Your s- in- Hidden Strengths, and Reroute Misdirected Fear to Live Your Fullest Crystal Andres Morissette and also there are I think a couple websites that that listeners can go to for more information about you and what you do
1: www.theemotionaledge.com take the emotional age quiz oprah.com that's a big deal Um, and then of course www.swatinstitute.com we have other ones I have a magazine simplywoman.com and my own website but the SWAT Institute will absolutely support any woman or give them the tools to become an empowerment coach the emotional edge site has some guided meditations and some really um, some great work over there as well that's free and it's there to support women Fantastic. Great. Great talking to you this morning. Thank you so much, Catherine.
2: Thanks, Crystal. We're going to take a short break. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on voiceamericavariety.com and World Talk Radio. Don't go away. We'll be back in a minute.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
2: Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein.
2: We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zock Show on VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. Joining me this morning is social media star and LGBTQ advocate Jeffrey Marsh, author of How to Be You, Stop Trying to Be Someone Else and Start Living Your Life. Uh, with over a quarter billion views online, quarter billion, Jeffrey Marsh just might be the Internet's most beloved anti-bully. And he has one big revolutionary message. There is nothing wrong with you. Growing up, quote, fabulous in a small farming town, he has spent years working to help countless groups, audiences, and young people around the world learn that they transcend the stereotypes of race, age, and gender, no matter what their story. He's been featured in the New York Times. Uh, on MTV, he's a social media ambassador for GLAAD, and many, many more things. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Jeffrey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I stay so busy, don't I? You, you do stay Shoot. busy,
2: yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: how I do, didn't realize that was a mouthful. Thank you so much. Well, okay,
2: how to be you. Maybe we want to be you, considering all that you've accomplished and done. <laughs> I mean, um, so, where do we start? How to be you, Um Tell us about what about the book. Who's the book for? Is the book? I mean, I know you work very closely with young people, but as I understand it, the book is not just for young people. It's for all of us, right?
0: That's correct, and it's not actually for LGBTQ people solely either. I am genderqueer, and I am an LGBT—they say—icon on the internet. And all right, you have to
2: explain genderqueer. I know what it is. I work very closely with the Pride Center here in Albany, New York, and with oh, all the kids wonderful. and stuff. Yeah, so, but not everybody knows all these terms, so what does that mean?
0: Yeah, well, you were, you were just speaking with your previous guest about empowering women, which I thought yep. was a very super interesting uh, segment. I was, I was so glad to hear it. And talking about how women and men are different creatures And some of us on the planet have the experience that we feel like both or neither or somewhere off the map that's not part of that binary of men versus women. And, you know, part of that, actually, when you were giving me my little intro, Mm -hmm. is that I use the pronoun they because I don't want he or she to refer to me. Isn't that weird?
2: <laughs> it, it's not weird. It's difficult because I, I you know, I, I worked with oh, because some... because
0: language, yeah.
2: Well, because of language and, and working with yeah. the, uh, several of the uh, students and uh, young people and wanting to be called they, it's kind of hard for, you know, it's, it's difficult to use that because it has mm-hmm. different kind of... I don't want to get into that whole thing, but anyway, okay, so they.
0: Well, I'm going to call you Jeffrey. That's fine. <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> really fine. You know, and it's actually fine to get into that difficult stuff. It's tough to retrain your brain and, you know, grammarians can argue about it from here until eternity, if they wish. The point that I think you were getting at, which is something that I love so much about you and your style, is that this is a human story. I am the metaphor for people that feel left out in any way, not just LGBTQ people. And that's really who the book is for, is like anyone who couldn't find a seat in the cafeteria when they were growing up or feels excluded in some way today.
2: Yeah. And don't you think all of us in some way, some of us more than others, have had those kinds of experiences, you know, whether you go, like you say, you can't find a seat in the school cafeteria or you're standing there waiting to be picked, you know, on the well, I was. I'm like five feet tall. This so is the basketball team, and I'm going to be chosen last. I know that, and <laughs> and I look even smaller. Uh, so, but yeah. You know, so it, you know, I I probably don't know anyone who hasn't been in some kind of situation like that. But let's go back to your story, like in the beginning, like you, yeah. you know, okay. And so, how all of this, you know, evolved with you in terms of who, you, how you felt about yourself and who you were, and finding your own yeah. place. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I, first I have to say I did not, I never once pictured you as five feet tall. You're such a <laughs> presence <laughs> uh, on your show. <laughs> but now you've given me an image. Now, so yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I grew up on a farm in rural Pennsylvania. And, yes, everything that that implies right away, uh, I was I was bullied, picked on t- At church, I was told, you're not going to heaven unless you change who you are. And there's that conservative stuff for sure, and it was difficult to be there. But at the same time, being in a rural place gave me such a sense of play and imagination. I I was in charge of entertaining myself and was sort of, in that way, given the power to be in the driver's seat of my own experience— and that's part of what I want to impart to people in the book. That is how to be you.
2: But let's start with, do you have siblings?
0: Yes, one, one brother and one uh-huh. sister.
2: Uh-huh. And where are, are you in the birth order?
0: <laughs> I, I bet you could guess. I am the baby. I'm the <laughs> last one. Okay. And actually, my brother and sister were close together, and there's about a six-year gap. So my brother was first, and then my sister came roughly a year later, and then six years until me. And mom would never admit it, but I I begin to suspect that maybe I was not a planned kid. But I don't know that for sure. (laughs) Well,
2: maybe you'll get the truth from her. Maybe you were not planned, but it doesn't mean you were a mistake. I've been told that.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. And, yeah, we can talk about my relationship with my parents, but I'm very grateful for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I want to start with that, your relationship with your parents, because I think in the beginning Mm -hmm. of the book or even in the introduction, you talk about how when you came out to your mother, I think, initially first.
0: Yes. Yes. At 11 years old. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. I actually knew that something was up. You know, in a lot of interviews... I get asked, when did you know you were different? And I always counter that mentality with, I'm not different. As interesting as it is, you know, to talk about using they as a pronoun and to talk about being LGBTQ, I want the same thing as almost everybody I've ever met, to be loved and accepted for who I am. Uh, We have the same desires. I don't need to, I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah, We're a lot more alike than, than we are different. And it, it was that experience of growing up in that household, in that place, in rural Pennsylvania, that actually helped me to see that and told mom when I was 11.
2: And mom's response was?
0: <laughs> she was driving at the time, which in retrospect, it was not a very wise decision on my part. She slammed on the brakes and turned the wheel of the car hard and our car uh, went off the road and into a ditch. And so very, very much close, very close to an accident. If anyone else had been around on that windy country road, it, it might have been trouble. And she started screaming right away. You don't know what you're talking about. You can't talk about things like that. You're 11 years old. Uh, it convinced me that day to keep my mouth shut, and I did for a number of years after.
2: I mean, that's a very... Painful thing for an uh, uh, experience for an 11 year old. What you're just prepubescent, and, the, and your mother essentially <laughs> says, Yeah, I, we can't accept this, and you shouldn't accept yourself, is really what she's saying, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about it is that I came to find out that she was scared. She had been told that to have a kid who is queer or gay or lesbian or whatever means that that kid is going to be, the, you know, I was born in 77, so she was thinking, "You're my kid's going to be deranged and lonely for their whole life and a pariah and, you know, all these stereotypes about the LGBTQ community at that time, and she was acting out of fear. But of course, the message I took from the conversation was, there's something deeply inherently wrong with me.
1: Or, could
2: she also you as a mother and a mother of three boys, um, could have been acting out of love in the, in the way that she was yes fearful for you, loved you, and then but at the same time knew what the world was like you know particularly at that time, yes. and was terrified for you, maybe I guess, and wanted it wanted stuff wanted it all to be good for you, and sort of seeing that this is that maybe that wasn't a possibility, and here's her son that she loves and doesn't want him to have to experience all the stuff that she foresees that he might have to do, you know, terrible thing.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I mean, her idea of the perfect son was crumbling uh, in that moment, was dissolving in that moment, and she could only picture me having a horrible life, so I, I know absolutely she was acting out of love. It was Difficult for me as an 11-year-old to be able to have that context, though.
2: So you're talking... I, can I... Yeah, go
0: I'm, ahead. I, I'm just so excited to talk to you. I don't mean to interrupt you. Can I tell you a little story about that?
2: You can. Go ahead.
0: So I found out... Well, I, there was a time when things got so bad at school, the bullying was to such a fever pitch, and every single day that I was suicidal at one point, and I attempted suicide, and my mom, just by coincidence, came home early. She wasn't supposed to. She came home early and discovered me in the middle of this attempt, and she saved my life that day, and she then went into my school, and <laughs> I'm sort of painting my mother as, a, as someone who yells a lot today, <laughs> but she yelled at the people in my school. Uh, she she is a, a wonderful person with a big personality too. She, anybody she could talk to at the school, the secretary, the principal, she said, it is your job to keep my child safe and you are not doing your job. The interesting thing about the story is I found out she did that two months ago when she happened to tell me. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: You you just found out about this, you're saying, two months ago?
0: I just found out that she was a fierce advocate for me at my school, and she went in there and raised H-E-L-L with everybody she could to protect me. And when I was a kid, I never knew that. She
2: needed to tell you.
0: I know. You're telling me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. She did. She did, and I wish she had. So, af- I and mean, she had, yeah.
2: So, what was what were, How'd you feel? I mean, like just besides, I wish she had. I mean, that, it must have because, like, the way it would seem to me, the way that you've seen your mother, uh, maybe over the years. You're not that old, but um <laughs> which, which, what, what are you? Thirty nine, nineteen? Would you say nineteen seventy seven? Yeah. Yeah. Good math. Oh, All
0: right. <laughs> It's not my strong suit, so uh, I No, it's that. not mine yeah.
2: either, really. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but like, does your whole perception of her change? I mean, it would seem to me that's a kind of a, you know, learning that now uh, would give you a whole different way, a different filter, I guess, with maybe in terms of looking at her and how she oh. felt about you.
0: Oh, you are so brilliant. Yes, that's exactly right. Different, different filter. That's the way to phrase it. And that's partly what I talk about in the book, is learning to see people, other people in your life, be they parents or, or people at school or peers or whatever they are, but being able to keep their opinions of you in perspective. And that anecdote from my mother just gave me a whole new filter, as you said, a whole new perspective on what she was going through. At the time.
2: Now, what does that do, like, in terms of now you're working with all these young people? Um, I mean, you are an advocate um, mm-hmm. in, in the, in the yeah, LGBTQ community for the youth. What, what do you share with the kids? I mean, what do you share with the young people? Um, and, like, in terms of, and they all have different stories, obviously. And things have changed, I think, in a positive, you know, in a positive, we're going in the right direction. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah. So, um, what do you tell the kids? I mean, what, how do they relate to you, or how do you relate to them?
0: Well, part of, part of being social media famous, which I never uh, realized that this would be a part of it, is that I get to go see them. I speak at colleges, other universities, high schools, middle schools, all throughout the country, and I get to look in people's eyes and hear their story, and that I know that I'm suspecting that you would say similar things, that your guests give you so much. And it's like that for, for me. It's not necessarily what can I offer them. I mean, I can offer them my story and the book and advice, and, you know, but they offer me so much. And it really is a two-way street.
2: Yeah, I, 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 you know, I totally agree with that. I think one of the things, uh, are there any things that sort have of happened in the course? Because you are, you're, you're an internet icon and you're all over the country and you're sharing your story and they're sharing stories with mm-hmm. you. Anything like that has really that you've come across that's really sort of surprised you in terms of the experiences that some of these youth have had or some of the kids have had?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good or night, You know,
2: positive or negative.
0: Yeah. You know, talk about there is never a lack of Heroes, if you're on the lookout. I was at a party last night. Um, a party for me. <laughs> which is the <laughs> best kind of party. Celebrating um, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was my book launch. And Twitter through. I'm the first author that they have thrown a party for. And we were in New York City. And we chose... We ran a contest and chose 10 fans from around the country to come to New York city to a uh, party with us. And this young lady, I was signing her copy of the book and she leaned over and she said, I have lupus. It's hard for me to breathe. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard for me to get out of bed, but I love you. I love your message. And I, drove 22 hours to get here today so that I could see you and hug you and I of course had a breakdown
2: i was just <laughs> going to say did apart. you start crying and sobbing cuz i was <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course i'm not i'm not a robot yeah i had i had an emotional big emotional reaction and gave her a big hug and said that that is one of the best gifts that anyone has given to me. I mean, what a what a hero! what
2: a hero, exactly. Yeah. I mean, how does that make you feel? I mean, you—that's that's the other thing. I mean, you are a hero to not just this young woman, but to to I mean, so many more of all of these young people. Um, I mean, that has to how, be how does that we, make me feel? Yeah, because that's a real high, I would imagine. Um, Absolutely. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret, because I feel like I can be very, very frank. No
2: one's listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I trust you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote the book at least partly for selfish reasons. It is meant to be the manual that none of us ever got about how to love ourselves as we grow up. And I wrote it to bring healing into my own life to be able to get out onto the page the stuff that I needed to hear when I was 11 years old. And so it has been an incredible catharsis for me. And that's the sort of secret that I don't really, I don't have, have never, and don't really talk about in interviews. It is wonderful. Of course, I feel, you know, it's a reason to get out of bed every morning that I'm helping other people. But this is about healing for everybody. And I'm included in that.
2: Mm-hmm. But I, I think that we saw it with the catharsis. Um, I mean, I, to me, that would be very understandable. And, and the book
0: become, mm-hmm. is, is
2: because of the why that you wrote it, um, it. That's why it has such an impact, not just on you but on everybody else. Because of, I mean, because there is a passion. There's a reason. There's, it's not just a how-to book.
0: Oh, thank you so much for mm-hmm. for. I mean, not just to your sensitivity for for picking up on that yes I'm deeply deeply passionate about this subject because of my personal biography mm-hmm. and I want no one on earth to have to go through the things that I went through when I was a young person and how to be you is my beginning of a movement to really change those spaces and make make spaces safe for everyone mm-hmm. What's next? I mean, it can,
2: is there any I mean or just if it continues take over the world? Come on. Yeah. Right.
0: But right, the she... president 2020. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. I yeah. I don't I don't think I could be a politician. I'd be I think I'd be horrible at it. But I think next and I have to this is another secret. I can't tell you too much, but the yeah. next next place you'll see me is television. We're in a few different Different talks. Me and the team had mm-hmm. a few few different talks about how to change lives in the way that the book has mm-hmm. in a, in that broader, more accessible medium of television,
2: which is a very different medium. I mean, that's uh, obviously oh, yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, you well, talking... social
0: media is yet a different medium, yeah. and, and you know, I've been adapting and going going as I go.
2: Right. So, what would you do? In t- I mean, you could tell us a little bit more about that, like television
0: talk show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, my I what I absolutely can tell you is my ultimate dream is to have an empire of kindness. So already I have the book, I have a fashion line that is inclusive to people regardless of size, regardless of identity, and I have, that's in the works actually, that's coming in a month or two, and I have an app where people can get audio mentoring and see videos of me behind the scenes and in my life and connect that way. And I hope to someday have a magazine and a TV show, maybe a TV network, and maybe have a radio show like some people I <laughs> admire so much. <laughs> You're unstoppable. I, I am is unstoppable when it yeah. comes to making people feel better in their own skin and in their own lives. I'm, I'm a juggernaut. Absolutely.
2: All right. So now let's just because we've got about three minutes left, so I want to make sure that everybody knows. Yeah, did that knows...
0: go by like? like yeah, I did. It went
2: by really fast. But like, how to connect with you? I mean, I, I think I mentioned it, you know, sort of in the beginning of the show. But like, really specific way, you know, if people are, when they're listening, how they can website to go to? How do we?
0: You know, what are we going to do? Yeah. How? Is, yeah. Yeah. The first step is JeffreyMarsh dot com. J e f f r e y. M A R S H dot com and that is your portal to every everything. And of course I'm on them all, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, I do yep. I do absolutely absolutely everything. Any way that I can connect. And one one more thing I'll mention is whenever people tweet me and say, Oh my gosh, because they I'm, I live in New York, they say, I saw you on Broadway or I saw you at the grocery store and and I say, Why didn't you say hi to me? Right? I'm a highly accessible person. Maybe someday uh, when the empire is in, in full gear, I'll have to have an entourage and whatever. <laughs> but right now, shake my hand. Say hi. Yeah. Hug me. You have, you have to tell them that, though, because I think now the the more famous
2: the, that you get, people get more afraid of you. And, you know, you are an icon, and they don't know whether they should say anything to you. So, um. yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad I get forums like this where I can say, Come and say hi to me. <laughs> I don't mind it.
2: I just maybe I shouldn't even ask this question because we only have a minute left. But the app, you, how can we? You already have it.
0: It's yeah. It's it's on yeah. the website and okay. it's called Jeffrey Marsh. It's in every possible app store that you can think of. Your okay. iPhone, your iPhone, whatever. Just search Jeffrey Marsh, and there I'll be. Great. In your pocket. <laughs>
2: Thanks so much for being on the show this morning, Jeffrey. It was great talking to you. I have to have you on again okay. because I've got to follow this empire. And...
0: Yes, I yeah. love it. and I, I respect you so much. It was, Thank you. When I saw you, when I saw we were going to be talking, I was so excited. Thank you. Great. My pleasure. Me too.
2: Um,
0: so I'm going to mention
2: the book one more time, How to Be You, Stop Trying to Find Be Someone Else and Start Living Your Life, Jeffrey Marsh. Great. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show on voiceamericavariety.com and World Talk Radio. Have a great week, and we will see you next Wednesday.
1: We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time on The Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Katherine Zox.